This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. Thank you for joining me for Listen Up Home Buyers. Today's guest for the podcast is the co-founder and co-owner of Buyers Brokers Only. It's an exclusive buyer agent real estate firm with offices all around the Boston area. He's been quoted in many national publications, including the New York Times, the Boston Globe, and the Boston Herald, to name a few. It is a real pleasure to have attorney Rich Rosa on the podcast today. Welcome, Rich. Thank you for having me, Victoria. Rich Could you start us off with telling us about what market conditions are like in the Boston area? And I know that includes suburbs and city. That's a broad question. So go ahead and break it down for us and tell us what summer of 2019 into the fall of 2019 has been like for you. So on a statewide basis, prices have um, been going up. Inventory continues to go down. Um, Every city or town is a little bit different. Some have seen, you know, bigger increases. Some have seen less of an increase in prices. Um, With regards to inventory, uh, in Massachusetts, the uh, number of houses on the market has declined 89 of the last 90 months. What is going on? I mean, what is your take on on why the market conditions are doing this? I think it's a combination of things. I think for some people, they're getting priced out of the market. um, And so I think people are maybe just on the sidelines. um, And that's having some effect with with sales. Um, uh, sales are also been down a bit over the summer, um, primarily because of the lack of inventory, but also I think because it's it's um, prices have gone up. With regards to the lack of inventory, I mean sellers certainly know they could sell their house uh, very quickly if they want to, especially if they price it right and their house is in decent shape. I think part of the problem is is with move up buyers, uh, move up sellers, excuse me, um, where they want to buy a, maybe a bigger house or move to a different uh, neighborhood or, or, or city, but they're hearing that their house will sell in, you know, three days, but it might take them three months to find a place. And I think for a lot of people, that's uh, a little scary. So I think we're sort of in this catch 22 where people may want to move, but they're not pulling the trigger, so to speak, because they, um, are afraid that their house will sell very quickly and they won't be able to find something. Yeah, and you just answered, you know, what I was thinking would be my next question, which would be, why in the world wouldn't a seller love this? But that seller quickly becomes a buyer and has to experience what it's like to have a lack of inventory, lack of choice. How do you prepare your home buyers for this kind of a market? Because they're obviously competing. Walk me through that process a little bit. Well, I really like to talk a lot with my clients about their mortgage op- options. You know, I find that especially, you know, a, a large portion of my clients are first-time home buyers. Um, and I find that there's a lot of misinformation or just a lack of information with, with regards to mortgages. And so first, I want to make sure they understand that there are a lot of mortgage options and not every lender provides every option. So they should, you know, learn about it and find out who provides what mortgage might be best for them. And then with regards more specifically to your question, I think it's just a matter of being prepared and ready to put your best foot forward. And that means not just getting a, a pre-qualification, but making sure that, you know, you've given the lender, you know, tax returns, pay stubs, 
W-2s, um, other bank records, and so that the lender has all the information they need and that they could say that in a, in a pre-approval or pre-qualification, be able to say that they've checked your tax returns, they've, they've reviewed your W-2s and your pay stubs and your bank records and your credit score so that we could say to a, a seller, you know, you know, this buyer is well qualified. Right. Checks out. Yeah. yeah. So tell me just about maybe one or two of these mortgage options that you're talking about, just to give a first time home buy an, an idea of, of what's available. Well, I think, you know, every state has some of their own first time home buyer programs. In Massachusetts, we have something called mass housing. Mm-hmm. It allows home buyers to put down as little as 3%. And they actually have a new program that started maybe a little less than a year ago where you could put down 3%, but then they'll give you a, another loan for the 3%. So it's basically... Putting a, down nothing. Putting down nothing. You wow. have to have certain credit scores. It's not, you know, not Everyone's not going to qualify for the program. You have to have a certain credit score. You have to have a certain debt-to-income ratio. Uh, and for that particular program with the down payment assistance, you ha- your income has to be no higher than 100% of the medium area income. Okay. Um, and then for the other programs, you can make a little bit more money and still qualify for the 3% down. That's one program. And then we have another one called the One Mortgage, um, which is a program where it's, again, 3% down. However, if you're in, the income limits are uh, lower, um, but the interest rate is typically below market rate. And you do 3% down with no uh, PMI, no mortgage insurance. That's great. Okay. Um, and, and real quickly, tell somebody what PMI is. Uh, PMI is, is, stands for private mortgage insurance, or sometimes just referred to MI. And when uh, a buyer buys a home with less than 20% down, um, they typically will pay uh, mortgage insurance. Uh, and it's insurance that protects the lender in the case of a default. That would increase their monthly payment. It will increase their monthly payment. The good news is, is mortgage insurance is a lot cheaper than it was about six or seven years ago. Right. Um, I don't know the specifics, but I'm told that there's just more competition in the market. And I, I remember, you know, maybe 10 years ago having clients with mortgage insurance that was, you know, approaching $300 a month. Um, I rarely see it more than like 150 a month. That's terrific. And so you're saying that that one mortgage would actually waive that PMI for, for, for the people who qualify? Yes. It, it would waive the, okay. the PMI. And, and in addition, um, depending on where your income is, they even do some down payment assistance. So when I was doing my research on you, Mr. Rosa, I know you have a lot of first-time homebuyer classes. It sounds like you've got a lot of good information to share. Do you have any that are coming up now that people could prepare for? None scheduled right now, but we hope to have uh, one or two scheduled for the fall pretty soon. Okay. And they would find this information on your website? Yeah, we usually have it um, posted on our website. We'll usually put out a press release on our website. Sometimes we mention it in our blog. People are on our email list. They'll get an email at some point as well. Okay. And I'll be sharing that uh, on the podcast so people can know where to go, you know, if if they want to come to your class. Here in the Washington, D.C. area, I've noticed as I've been doing these podcast interviews, we do things differently than people do in other parts of the country when it comes to sitting down and putting together the contract. For one thing, we actually assemble the contract. You know, I'm I'm an associate broker with Buyer's Edge. And in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, I write or put together, I should say, I, I fill in the blanks on that contract. Walk me through what that's like where where you are in Massachusetts. Do you do the same thing? Yeah. So in Massachusetts, it's a it's a two step process. Um, some states I know start 
the, the process with the purchase and sale agreement. We, we actually start the process with, with what's called an offer to purchase contract. And it's similar to what you're saying. We're, we're filling in a, a standard form. There's a couple of different standard forms. We, yeah. use, we have the Massachusetts Association of Realtors form, offer form, and then there's a Greater Boston Association of Realtors offer form. We actually use the Massachusetts form because home inspection contingency is more buyer friendly. Yeah, we do the same thing where we are. We use one instead of the other, but go right ahead. Yeah, so similar to you, we fill that out and, and, and make an offer. And, and just so people understand when, they're, when, when we're saying fill it out, typically, you know, in my case, I, I am an attorney, but typically real estate agents are attorneys. And the reason why they're filling it out as opposed to making it up as they're going along is because they'd be practicing law. Uh, if they were, you know, writing a lot of language into a contract. And that's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, That's the first step in our process. So usually, uh, you know, the offer is made, the offer is accepted. The first deposit is made, which is typically around here about $1,000, although there's no... It doesn't have to be that that amount. Okay, um, just just let me ask, when you say first deposit, are you referring to the earnest money deposit? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, go ahead. We don't refer to it as that, but yeah, that's sure. that's exactly what I mean. Um, All right. And then typically a, a buyer gets a 10 days to do a home inspection. And if that goes well and, and they're going to continue on, then we sign a purchase and sale agreement. Um, that is typically uh, put together and reviewed by an attorney. Before it's submitted to the listing agent or? Well, the listing agent's already received the offer, already their, their seller has already accepted the offer, the written offer. The, our offer form is only a couple pages long. And okay. then, once, and then, and that's once that's uh, agreed to and the first deposit is made and the home inspection is complete, then we sign a purchase and sale agreement and make a ah. deposit. Okay. Interesting. And, and at that point, it, you know, a lawyer is involved. It should be involved. Anyway, we always encourage our clients to have a lawyer, uh, review and, and, and edit the purchase and sale agreement. Now, that's how it is in Massachusetts. We're right. also licensed in New Hampshire. And in New Hampshire, the offer is made with the purchase and sale agreement. Yep, that's the way we do it in the D.C. area. So very interesting. So every, you know, anytime anybody's moving to a new part of the country, they really should educate themselves about how to buy a home because it's not the same everywhere. For I mean, clearly. No, it's not. And in fact, Massachusetts is one of, I think it's 13 states. I could be wrong on the number. Uh, but one of uh, you know a dozen or or, or more states um, that requires that an attorney do a closing. So we don't have title companies in Massachusetts. Yeah, attorneys must do the closings, um, as opposed to New Hampshire, where you know title companies can operate in New Hampshire. Yeah, we uh, often recommend a settlement attorney for our buyer clients with Buyer's Edge, but we also use title companies that don't have attorneys. So we have both happening. We cover a very big area, though, with Northern Virginia, D.C., and Maryland, and we'll go up to Baltimore and all that surrounding area as well. So it's it's a large area we cover. And I know you you do the same, obviously, covering New Hampshire and Massachusetts or the greater Boston area. So tell me a little bit about your office. I mean, how many people are with buyers, yeah. brokers only? So besides myself and my business partner, Dave Kress, um, as of right now, there's 27 of us. And you're pretty busy, you said, this summer. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, I, I, August was a, was was a little less busy, but August has been a little less busy the last couple of years for us. I don't know. Beginning of August till about first, second week of September has been slow over the last few years. Not sure why that is, but it's been sort of consistent the last two or three years. 
Walk me through a little bit about the home inspection. Are you with your client when you do a home inspection? And what are you looking for when are walking right with them and the home inspection? Yes. So I go to all the home inspections with my clients and so do all my associate brokers. You know, I think what I try to do is when I do a showing, I try to point out some of the things that I think are obvious that a home inspector is going to point out. Um, Obviously, I'm not doing a home inspection. I make it clear to my clients, I'm not a home inspector and I'm not doing a home inspection. But if there are things that I know that the home inspector is going to point out, I'm going to mention them to my client and just say, you know, the home inspector is likely to to talk to you about this or that. You know, in my opinion, I don't think the home inspection should be a a complete surprise, um, uh, you know, every step of the way. Yeah. Um, I like to point out, you know, some things, you know, during showings, just so my clients are aware of some of the things that might come up. Yeah. Um, that said, at the home inspection, I kind of like to leave that between my clients and the home inspector. That's their time. Um, I'm certainly willing to to speak up and help out if they you know want me to. But I feel like you know I'm, and I, I walk with them step by step. But I'm letting them ask the home inspector questions, letting the home inspector say what he has to say, and right. let, them, let them do their thing. One of the things yeah. I do try to do at the end of a home inspection is if my clients don't ask the question, I always you know, um, ask the question to the home inspector, what are the one or two or three priorities here that you think the buyer should be focused on right. uh, or get fixed or get, you know, improved um, when they buy the house or before? Yeah. And you sum it up for them because a lot of times, you know, we have buyers who won't speak up because they don't, they don't know. They don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. And after that experience, and they might be a little intimidated by what they've just learned or overwhelmed, it is good to sum up and say, okay, you know, what do you think of the house overall? And like you've mentioned, we go on hundreds of home inspections and we're not home inspectors, but we sure learn a lot from that experience. So walking up to a house, we should be able to say that roof looks like it's in good condition or not. Um, There's water in the basement, you know, things that we need to bring up, but certainly not during the home inspection. I agree with you about that. That's the relationship between the buyer and the person they've hired, the professional. Right. And, and of course, I'm, I'm sure you know, there's, there are times that you know that the home inspector is saying something and you could tell that your client has no idea what he's talking about. Yes. So at that point, you might, you know, chime in and say, do you understand what he meant by that? This is what he meant or, or have him explain what, what, what he meant. So there's, there's times like that. So it's not like I'm just, you know, sitting quietly or standing quietly sure. all the time, but I try not to, you know, inject myself too much into it unless it's yeah. necessary. Yeah. You know, we have a home inspector that we recommend and we've used him for years. And in the beginning, he's excellent at what he does, but getting him to speak and explain what he's seeing became a little bit of an education process on our side. So we would turn to him and say, now, what did you just see? Um, would you like to tell our client about that? And after that process a little bit came around and was like, yeah, I, th- I think this develops a better relationship. We're like, yes, it does. You know, just communicate what you're seeing as you go along. And what, and what I find, and I, and I tell this to my clients, especially the first time home buyers, is that, you know, a home inspection is not just about telling you what may, may or may not be wrong with a house, but it's also about educating a first time home buyer on becoming a homeowner, you know, saying things like, this is how you're going to maintain this when you own the house and right. something you should look into. And this is something that you should do differently and, and things like that. There's a lot of, I mean, good home inspectors, I think have a lot of really good information about being a homeowner, not just about 
uh, in addition to, you know, inspecting the home. Yeah, what you need to caulk, where the main water valve turnoff is, why you want to turn off that hose bib in the wintertime. All of these kinds of things should be coming up, you know, in that home inspection. Absolutely, yes. So, Rich, what's coming up in the Boston area that would make people excited to live there? Well, I think what's exciting, what's bringing a lot of people to the Boston area is, I think, our high-tech economy, um, whether it's, you know, computer software, whether it's biotech. You know, obviously, we have a lot of well-known hospitals, so there's a lot of people moving for the medical field. So those are the things that are driving people here. You know, those are the industries that we see most of the people that are relocating to the Boston area. Boston is one of those cities that if you've been here, you know, it's, 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 you know, one of our bigger cities in the country, but yet it has a kind of a small town feel to it. The downtown area is not enormous. Boston's made up of a lot of, you know, neighborhoods. Um, and then, you know, the greater Boston area is sort of compact as well. So, it's, it's a great place to live and it's a great place to work with the exception of we have a lot of traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. But, you know, we do as well in the D.C. area. Halloween is the next big holiday coming up. What's it like in Boston? Um, Boston, not nothing in particular, but we have a, um, a small city just outside of Boston called Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may have heard of the Salem Witch Trials <laughs> uh, a couple hundred years ago or so, uh, a little more maybe. They do a really big deal. They make a really big deal out of um, Halloween. It's, it's Boy, like, I bet. It's like a month-long celebration in, in Salem. It really is. That's a pretty interesting place to be around Halloween. Rich Rosa, the co-founder and co-owner of Buyers Brokers Only in the greater Boston area. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been great having you. Thanks very much for having me. You've been listening to Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents.